the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And we've got a howling good episode for you today, John. (laughs) I know, you're excited. Have you been waiting all day to give that one? (laughs) It took me all day to figure that one out and think of it. Uh, Today we are doing a... uh, Kind of a dog or slash mostly wolf related episode for everybody. We are going to be breaking down the 1991 Disney film White Fang. We are going to review the Canadian TV show Due South. And then we're going to do a kind of an interesting casting of the human aspects of uh, some kind of human dog combos. So we got some interesting characters out there that we kind of probably, you know, may or may not have done otherwise, but people like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Timmy from Timmy and Lassie, Turner, Turner and Hooch, and Doc Brown, and Charlie Brown, and The Mask, and Dooley, and George Newton from Beethoven. That's everybody. (laughs) That's everyone on the list you just went through. (laughs) Just went through absolutely everybody. But, uh, you know, some to kind of keep in with the dog theme that we've got, you know, which is mostly a wolf theme. So one thing I've got to bring up. When I was a kid, I loved wolves. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was so, like, the wolves are very nostalgic for me in general because I was, yeah, I was a wolf boy. You know, they have, like, horse girls who are in love <laughs> with horses. I was a wolf boy. Or I, I just, I don't know what it was, but I was just um, infatuated with them. I had posters all over. You know, I had all, like, the National Geographics about them. I had different sciencey books about the different breeds and, mm-hmm. like, posters about that and just try to, like, memorize as much as I, can- I could. And I wanted to study them for a long time. Uh, eventually kind of shifted where I wanted to be. I th- didn't uh, didn't you say once when you were a kid you wanted to be a, a nature photographer so you can go photograph wolves? So what... Where I actually kind of start when I when people ask me, oh, how did you get into uh, working in video and 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 editing and stuff like that? I usually start, and still today, as I say, it all started with wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so with my path, basically how I kind of treat it is when I was a kid, I loved wolves, and that initially started off with I wanted to be a zoologist, and when I, when I back in the day. I wanted to study wolves. I wanted to be a zoologist and kind of like, you know, live on one of like the reserves, uh, reservations mm-hmm. and, and kind of like study them and, and habits and stuff like that. Um, then after reading n- more and more National Geographics and books and stuff like that, that got me into nature photography. Hmm. And just kind of seeing all of like the pictures, I was like, man, nature photography is the coolest. And so then... From that transition, I kind of transitioned from still photography to a desire in motions and video. And I was always like, you know, a movie nerd, just like you and whatnot. So that kind of went from still to video photography, um, just getting getting interested in that. And then and then kind of uh, in college, I kind of honed into editing and things like that. But it all to me, it all started with wolves. <laughs> so that that's kind of my progression. Um, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, they have a, they hold a big place in my heart. Um, and so I'm excited to, to talk about them and, uh, yeah, anyway, that's my little w- love of wolves. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So 1991, not a year that I think we've done in a little while. So, uh, how about you refresh us on things like, uh, that happened back then? All right. So the movie came out on January 18th of 1991. 
The Billboard Top 100 single of that week was Justify My Love by Madonna. it off the top of my head i don't either yeah i'm sure it's a fine classic madonna song it's just it's not one of those big name ones that that i kind of am really thinking of yeah topping the nielsen ratings is not really a surprise it's one one of the ones that kind of rotates in and out um it's just a weekly show but everyone watches it and that was 60 minutes oh yeah so, okay wow that's interesting that that topped the ratings well i think stuff like that often do you know, national news shows like 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 60 Minutes often do, you know, from time to time, especially if there's something big happening, which the next week was the Super Bowl for that year. So, oh, OK. Uh, if you were a reader, you might be reading the New York Times bestseller of the week, which was The Plains of Passage by Jean M. Owell. I have no idea how to pronounce that name. <laughs> A-U-E-L. Owell? A-U-E-L? A-U-E-L dot com? I don't know. All. Owl, all, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's the beginning of the year, so there weren't a lot of new video games out yet. But the uh, if you were playing games from the end of the previous year, uh, you might be playing a game called Commander Keen on PC. Okay. Yeah. Don't know that one. I looked it up, and I, for some reason, I recognized the cover art, but I don't think I've ever played the game. And it kind of shows like a, a kid running away from something with like a helmet on, like a robot in the back blasting a laser at him. But I don't know that I've ever played the game, but I definitely have seen the picture before. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't ring a bell to me, but cool. <laughs> that was 1991. All right. So before we uh, sink our fangs into White Fang or our teeth or I don't know. Uh, that was bad. Before we get going into White Fang, um, I have been absolutely atrocious about talking about some of the reviews that we've gotten. So we've actually gotten a good bit of reviews recently. And uh, one thank you to everybody who has reviewed us. That is a, you know, a huge help. It helps people, um, particularly in, you know, whatever app you are listening to us in. It helps people find us that way and kind of helps the algorithms algorithms and things like that yep. so uh i'm going to call out uh four new reviews and the first the one uh, first of them that i'm going to mention is uh by matt 9520 he said congratulations on 100 episodes i want to give a huge shout out to adam and john and the guests they've had on for this brilliant podcast i actually didn't discover the blast from our past podcast until after i found Cartwright, a seinfeld podcast <laughs> but i've been listening ever since They've reviewed some of my favorite films, TV shows, and albums, and have given me plenty of new ones to check out. Their dynamic as co-hosts and brothers is great. Each episode is structured with Adam laying out the foundation and John chiming in with reactions and fun facts. With plenty of hearty banter between the two of them, and all done calmly and casually... Really calmly? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm always calm. Anyway, calmly and casually, it feels like you're shooting the breeze with your good buddies. It's a great podcast to just listen to or have in the background while cooking, commuting, cleaning, etc. And like a good episode of Bob's Burgers, hey, I like that. I love Bob's Burgers. Their humor and chill vibes always serve as a great pick-me-up on my tougher days. Can't recommend the Blast From Our Past podcast enough, as well as all the other podcasts on the Beef Up Network. Thank you guys for everything you do. Congratulations on reaching 100 episodes and keep up the great work. Best, Matt, 
Fuck, Matt, that was definitely one of the longest ones we've had, but that was awesome. I appreciate it. That was, that was a lot of good stuff that he said about us in that one. Yes. Matt, let us know where to, where to send the check. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Our next one uh, was done by Draco Tempili, uh, or Tempili, and it just says, Great show. I am stoked that I found this show. Heard about your show from listening to Johnny DC and Marvelous Joe, which is awesome. Big shout out to uh, Dynamic Duel. We love those guys. Yep. They always give us a lot of love. They do give us a lot of love, and we appreciate it. Um, Your show is on a constant stream while I'm playing Xbox late nights. Thank you for making this show. You have reminded me of past shows shows I've loved and forgot. Awesome. I'm an Xbox gamer, too. Uh, So, Draco, if you want to... My gamer tag is... uh, Death by Avid with underscores instead of spaces. And then uh, maybe we can, I don't know, play some old school Halo or I don't know, whatever <laughs> we can do. We'll figure it out. Rocket League. I don't know. I, I am, love, I I am love. not a, uh, that much of an Xbox gamer. I'm more of a PC gamer. Fair enough. Uh, all right. We've got two more to go. And uh, this one, this other one is done by Keats420. And it says, just found this show and love it. A friend of mine recommended this podcast to me because they know I love 80s and 90s pop culture. And I'm so glad they did. It's like revisiting all of my favorite things from the past with my friends. Can't wait to see what else they review. Nice. Short and simple. Appreciate that, yep. Keats. Thank you. And then uh, the most recent one was done by Nat Bat for Life. And the uh, the title was called OMG. Oh, and all of these have been five-star reviews. Thank you guys for the yes. five-star reviews. That's awesome. We appreciate it. <laughs> yep. Except for that one three-star that we got. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just so close. Yeah. Uh, All right. Nat Bat for Life says Adam and John are hilarious. I love their takes on some old school music, TV shows, and movies from my younger days. But my favorite episodes are their top tens. Definitely worth a listen. Cool. Hey, some top ten love. Yeah. Well, that was a whole bunch of reviews right there. I'll try to bring them up a little bit more often uh, when they come in. So please rate and review us, guys. It's a huge help um, just to, to see all the different reviews. And also, I appreciate hearing the feedback. If you guys, you know, send us a message on Instagram or on Facebook or in the review, definitely let us know. It's a huge help. So thank you all, everybody who's done so, so far. And don't forget about uh, checking us out on Patreon. Um, there's some extra stuff you can check out there if you become a, a Patreon member. Um, and at certain levels, you can even suggest, you know, specific movies or TV shows that you want us to do. Um, I, we do get a, a lot of requests from a lot of people um, here and there, and most of them are good. And almost 90% of the time, they're ones we already have on our list anyway and we'll eventually get to. But uh, if you want it to happen maybe a little bit sooner than that, you can yep. check out uh, patreon.com backslash blastpasscast and find a tier that works for you. Yes. Uh, Yeah, that list that John and I have is a huge (laughs) list. So, yes, it might be on there, but, you know, it might not be coming for years, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) because we've got a lot that we want to do. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So if you have a show that you want, come on. People like Stephen Wilhelm and Ken Johnson have joined us and they've been fantastic. So be as cool as them. You know you want to. (laughs) All right. All of that has been talked about. But you know what? We really need to talk about wolves, John. Freaking wolves, they're the best. Ooh. All right, let's get let's get into White Fang. White Fang from 1991, distributed by Disney. It was directed by Randall Kleiser. Uh, he we've talked about him before when he uh, directed 
Flight of the Navigator. Mm. He's also done Grease, The Blue Lagoon, Big Top Pee Wee, plenty of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film is based on a novel by Jack London, which I did read way back in the day, but yeah. I've forgotten pretty much everything about the novel. I think I read it in middle school because it was required reading. Yeah, 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 I think so. I remember thinking it was a, a pretty good book. I mean, especially for being in middle school and not being really a reader to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't remember hating the book. I think I, I think out of all the the books that they made us read in, in middle school, since since this one's uh, dog related, I'll say it. I think I liked Call of the Wild better. Yes, I think I did too, actually. And that one's actually coming out as a movie with Harrison Ford, which I'm not really keen on seeing. So. Really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think I'm just kind of done with Harrison Ford as an actor. <laughs> I, I like him just fine. You know, his stuff has been great, but like now. You're just too old, you know? He just, like, every role he plays recently is just the crotchety old man. Yeah, exactly. Man, like, when he when he got, you know, killed by Kylo Ren, spoiler alert, uh, in Force Awakens, I was like, yes. Yes, I'm done with you. I'm okay with this decision. Anyway, uh, all right. This film stars... Ethan Hawke as Jack, our main character. You probably know Ethan Hawke from Training Day, Gattaca. We've talked about him before when we did Explorers, like mm-hmm. way back, like our eighth episode or something. Alex is played by Klaus Maria Brandauer. Uh, he was in Out of Africa, Never Say Never Again, the Bond film, a bunch of German films. Mm-hmm. There's some other people we'll talk to when we get up to them. Uh, but then also White Fang was played by Jed the Wolf. <laughs> Who Jed was also in White Fang Two, so good he oh, came back. Nice, and then uh, he was also credited as the dog thing in the movie The Thing, the um, uh, Kurt Russell film. Ah, okay, that's a high class <laughs> Hollywood wolf right there. <laughs> Music was done by Basil Polduris. Uh, he also worked on Blue Lagoon, both Conan movies, Red Dawn, RoboCop, Free Willy, Lassie, Starship Troopers, and of course Crocodile Dundee in L.A. The best of them all. <laughs> no. It totally holds up. Yeah. Well, maybe eventually we'll get to it, but mm. probably, not. probably not. I don't know. Someone's going to probably have to pay me to, <laughs> to do that one. Say, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. We got two other really good Crocodile Dundies before that one to, yeah. to get to. Uh, and then something that was really cool. There was a additional music in this film done by... Bum, no surprise at all. Hans fucking Zimmer <laughs> did additional music for White Fang. You know, seriously, this guy gets his hands into everything. You just, I mean, hell, we even talked about him on our critic episode. Yep. Uh, we talk, we keep getting, finding little things. Like I'm at a point now where I look up the, the cast list and I just kind of scroll through it for stuff. And then I always search for Hans Zimmer and search for Frank Welker just in case <laughs> there's like a pop-up. Right. And I was like, I did my search and I was like, holy shit. It actually <laughs> happened. There's another Hans Zimmer thing. He's everywhere. He is. So, uh, All right. So we start off the film with some old newspaper articles and pictures to kind of set us back in time. We're around like uh, 1896 or like the, the late 1800s. And we eventually see, kind of get some intercut stuff. We see this little this little pup, cute little wolf pup. And it's got a wolf pack kind of running through the sl- snow and the forest and things like that. They catch a rabbit, and the mommy wolf brings it back to the den and feeds. She feeds her little pupper, and it's super, super cute. Yeah. That thing is so goddamn cute. Um, we're at a shipyard, and we meet Jack, who's in Alaska, or he's in the Klondike for this gold rush. You know, we meet this other guy. Uh, we don't really get his name at this point, but he's a complete kind of 
asshole, uh, but he does kind of bring up dogfighting at one point mm-hmm. and, um, you know, how much money someone can make from it. And they're, him and his buddies are kind of like trying to fuck with Jack, trying to basically take advantage of him. Yeah. And that guy's played by uh, James Remar. It is. Who's a good actor. He's been been in quite a bit of yeah. stuff. You see him in a, a bunch of things. Yeah. No, really good. When I saw him, I was just, he kind of has one of those faces and really one of those voices yeah. that I heard. And I was just like, oh, I've, I've definitely seen, seen you in other stuff. Yeah. Jack is all trying to look for this guy, Alex Larson, uh, and he goes up to this whole kind of base camp up this big snowy hill um, to where all like the gold rush people are uh, to try and find him. Uh, He does meet Alex and Jack wants Alex to take him to his father's claim, Mm -hmm. which apparently his father was out there searching for gold and he found something and he sent, uh, you know, little gold dust and, you know, maps and shit to Jack so he can, you know, find it and keep his claim because I guess he knew he was going to die or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But Alex doesn't want to take him. There's this other guy, Skunker, who uh, does end up talking Alex into it. So, yay, okay, he will take him out. They all head out on a dog sled. We get some great music being played as they're kind of snowshoeing and, yeah. and sledding along and getting it going. It's all kind of intercut with the wolf pup that we saw earlier. It's all just kind of really cute right now. You know, it's yeah. good stuff. While going, Jack notices wolves behind him at some point. Alex kind of scares him off with a gunshot. Um, just kind of just setting up some things that these, you know, wolves are dangerous creatures. Uh, they make camp and Jack is definitely kind of a bit of a city boy. You know, you see that him and Alex don't really get along early on where Alex is pissed about carrying some of Jack's books and shit like that. And he's he's all angry about it. And Jack's, you know, he's a city guy. He yeah. likes his books. And he likes being a nerd and etc. Skunker thinks uh, that at one point he was feeding the dog some fish and he thinks he fed a wolf fish instead and he's like all kind of freaked out about it and we get a kind of cut over to the mama wolf who's apparently i guess smart enough that (laughs) it was actually her and she feeds it to her little pup too and i'm like oh that's so cute i'm so okay with this (laughs) but uh they continue on and at one point jack who doesn't really know much about what he's doing he ends up accidentally kind of flipping over the sled and it kind of slides down this whole hill um, we do get a kind of semi-intense, well, it's not a semi, definitely an intense scene where the, you know, that coffin, they were, so I didn't mention, they're carrying this coffin yeah. this entire time in this sled because um, ultimately Skunker and Alex are trying to bring this one guy, I guess, who was also hunting for gold or whatever with them um, who died and, and then and Alex made a promise to bury him at this certain place. So anyway, they're carrying this this stiff um, and he busts like, the, the, the coffin busts out and he's just like sliding down. Yeah. This, like, and he's holding the dog. Is, is he? Yeah. He's, he's got his arms around a dog. Oh, I didn't notice that for some reason. Yeah. I don't, didn't, I don't remember if they said, you know, what the dog, but he's like, I guess he and the dog died together. Cause they, like he's, he's got his arms stuck around the dog. Interesting. I was so fixated on his blue face yeah. cause you know, that I, I just missed out what he was holding onto. Oh, okay. Interesting. Anyway, while he, you know, he's sliding down, Jack goes and tries to get him, but he falls through into 
falls in, into this, you know, ice, this little lake or this pond or whatever that's been frozen. And so now he's fucking freezing cold. They get him out. Alex and Skunker get him out. And, you know, they have to, like, take off his clothes and try to heat him up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Alex has to kind of rip open and, and f- use the book for some of the kindling and stuff like that. But he's going to be okay. At night, they hear more about the they hear more of the wolves, all the howling and whatnot. And one of the dogs apparently comes on in and wants, uh, uh, you know, he's all excited because one of those dogs, one of the wolves is part dog mm-hmm. and is a female. And so it's getting him a little randy, if you will. <laughs> so he's all excited and wants to go see her. But they even like, I think it's Skunker Alex kind of explains, explains to us, the audience being like, oh, it's actually trying to trap him. It's a smart wolf that's part dog. And that's why it's not, it's uh, why it's coming it's not afraid of the fire and shit like that. <laughs> and it's trying to lure him out so then the other wolves can eat it. That kind of shit. Yeah. Which it kind of does. That dog does go out after the female wolf. And Skunker, you know, he's he really is pissed off about this one dog. <laughs> and so, but he ends up shooting the female and he chases after the dog who was chased by the rest of the wolves. But then you hear... Just off screen, you hear Skunker shooting until the shooting stops, and he's fucking dead. He's gone. You can just assume him and that dog are gone. Yep. A little intense scene, but it's actually probably one of the better scenes. Uh, I do think Skunker is a fucking idiot, though. <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, he, the guy seemed, he was supposed to be smarter than that. Like, he's one of the people who had survived all that time. And yeah. Why was he so... He did seem to be the voice of reason. He must, he just, he was, he was so attached to that dog that he was willing to go risk it for it. Yeah, he did say, it's our best, it's our best mushing dog or something. Yeah. I guess that was his thing that kind of, I get, my only thought is that was done in ADR afterwards and editing because <laughs> they realized... What kind of motivation does this guy have to go go chase that dog? It makes no fucking sense. And they're like, well, we have to say maybe he's just so somehow attached to that one dog. Yeah. So that's my thought. So they go to sleep, Alex and Jack, and Jack wakes up with wolves surrounding the campfire. And they have to try and scare him away. So they're like throwing shit at him. But uh, in the morning, the wolves, you know, they, they attack again. But luckily, some guys happen to come upon them and have some guns and they scare them off. Yay. Yay. We do see also at the scene of the hurt mama who was shot by Skunker earlier mm-hmm. is like dramatically crawling back <laughs> to the wolf den where her pup is. And it's just like, oh, that's like heartbreaking. You get an, <laughs> literally, it's like just so it can say one last goodbye. And you get this very emotional death scene. And then the, and the pup howls in sadness at the end. I'm going to ask right now, did you have your children watch this with you? Yes. Okay. Your daughter is an animal lover. Mm -hmm. How did she take to this scene? Actually, you know what? I think she missed this scene. Uh, Probably for the best. (laughs) I I, I had to start it uh, while she and my wife were out doing something, and then they came in about halfway through, and I'm pretty sure she missed this scene. Okay. I'm curious if it would scar her. So how about you show her this one to her and then let me know how it goes. Sure, I'll do that. Uh, thanks, John. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the pup goes out into the world because it's, you know, it's all by itself now. And Jack and Alex also continue on. Uh, we do see, you know, there's just going to be some interaction here between the, the pup and uh, and Jack. You know, he kind of sees him at some point 
and he's just they kind of keep moving on um we get a nice little scene where the the wolf pup is having trouble finding food and then it sees like you know for us it's an obvious trap it's a rabbit like hanging up yeah. and he's trying to get it and, and then he gets up getting kind of in this dog trap we see it's kind of some native americans that are the ones who caught him uh and they pull open his uh and look at his teeth and they call him that's where they name him white fang yep because apparently it means he's part dog i guess wolves mostly have like that yellow teeth and that kind of stuff but if he's got nice bright white teeth uh he's a dog which i i think is a bit bs because i've seen a lot of dogs out there with yellow teeth <laughs> it really depends on if you brush them or not as a as, a, as your owner yeah we've had dogs before and then and, and our dogs had some pretty yellow teeth yeah because i i don't think we were the best at always cleaning them <laughs> let's just say i i didn't spend that much time looking at their teeth well okay fine <laughs> I was more interested in dogs and wolves than you were. I just, I, I knew. You definitely were. All right. Uh, well, Alex and Jack get to the spot that they were trying to take this dead body. Um, and so, you know, they, they he buries, buries it. Uh, and it really, to me, you've gotten a lot of moments where Alex has really just kind of seemed like an asshole most of this time so far. Yeah. Um, you know, he agreed to take Jack and whatnot, but more often than not, he's been kind of a just kind of a jerk to Jack. But this scene, though, it does really show Alex is an honorable man. You know, he's a man of his word. He doesn't even like, he even kind of mentioned he didn't even like the guy um, that he's taking to Barry. Right. They called him Dutch, I think was his name. Yeah. But, you know, what? he's still going to, if he says he's going to do something for you, he'll do it. So that's, that is something respectable about him. Yeah. So we do see that the natives start to train White Fang. Alex and Jack also make it to this small town. We meet this character, Belinda. She apparently knows Jack's father and just, it's, I guess it's Alex's wife or something like that. Uh, or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Jack, you know, he's trying to bug Alex to get him to take it to his father claims. And Jack pretty quick, or and Alex pretty quickly uh, agrees to it. So he's like, all right, you know, I, I, probably because he realizes Jack would go anyway and he's going to die yeah. uh, if he goes by himself. And so he's going to he's going to go and help him. Yeah. We jump ahead in some of the timeline and we see the pup has kind of grown up a bit and he's being better trained. Uh, Alex and Jack have kind of been spending a little bit of time in town building a boat and stuff like that. Just getting prepped for, you know, their journey to head out to the gold mine that uh, his father set up. They uh, they end up as they head out on their boat. They stop by this this, this tri- same tribe of natives. Jack sees White Fang, and he kind of just immediately is infatuated mm-hmm. by the wolf. You know, he, there's just something that intrigues him about it. I understand it. Man, if it was me and I saw, like, a real-life wolf that was, like, you know, a pet, I'd be like, yeah, I want that. Yeah. I freaking want that. <laughs> Um, but he wants to pet White Fang, and the chief doesn't really allow it. Yeah. Um, he believes the chief believes you know dogs are for working; they're not your friends. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, um, we also see that White Fang has some issues with other dogs. Like you know, they're all intimidated. It's a fucking wolf, right? <laughs> uh, while wandering around the next day, Jack gets chased by a bear. Uh, you know, he's he's having to run on. He gets he's able to hide under some logs, and it kind of even claws him a, a little bit. But then White Fang comes and it rescues him, basically just by scaring off yeah. uh, the bear. And that bear is very famous. Ooh, a famous bear. Yeah, that is Bart the bear. <laughs> Bart, that's a good name for a bear, I guess. Bart the bear, who's been in a lot of uh, famous movies. He's been in Clan of the Cave Bear, which <laughs> is not a movie I've seen, but I, my wife loves that movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was in, as I, from White Fang, he was in Homeward Bound. I remember the, the bear yeah. scene. Legends of the Fall. 
12 Monkeys. Ooh. And the one that we would remember him the most from, he was the bald-headed bear in The Great Outdoors. Oh, yeah. That's like a that's a classic bear scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's good shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, famous-ass bear. Yep. Uh, Jack's about to, to head out. You know, Jack and Alex are. You know, he gives uh, he gives White Fang some beef jerky kind of as a thank you. And I think, you know, just like you do with any other dog, you know, you feed it some beef jerky and it's, it's going to love you forever. <laughs> yeah. But they head out. So they head out on the boat and we kind of see that White Fang is watching them as they leave. So those those two have some kind of a connection. Yeah. yeah that's really kind of all they're establishing here. Jack and Alex make it to his father's mine. It's very emotional for Jack. We see the grave for his father. We see him just kind of like looking through pictures, you know, of, of, that his father had while he was out there. Jack then does convince Alex to stick around and, you know, the, they become like a, a team to uh, mine for gold together. Yeah. Uh, in town, we see that the chief brought White Fang and then those jerks that we saw from way earlier, yeah. they, uh, which his name is Beauty Smith in this movie. <laughs> Interesting name. <laughs> Beauty Smith. Those Old West names were always weird. Yeah, yeah, kind of different. You know, Skunker. Sk- yeah. <laughs> One of the gang's n- members' name, I think, is Tinker. Tinker, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, I didn't check up the, those guys. They've got this big old St. Bernard, and they're they're dogfighting people. Yeah. That's what we kind of established from earlier. And they sent it send it off to fight White Fang, basically, just to kind of test it or some shit like that, just because they're, they're complete assholes. <laughs> it does not go well for the St. Bernard. No. White Fang takes care of it pretty quickly, but because the chief wasn't there to like see it, they kind of dupe the chief, you know, yeah. into honestly, they, they con him into selling them White Fang, you know, who they want to use for fighting, obviously, which, you know, they're complete assholes to White Fang to get just get him all angry and riled up. And this is for, for people who like love uh, animals. I could see this being like a, a scene that does not make you happy. That really probably, yeah. it just angers you. Um, I definitely see it, you know, the way they, they treat White Fang. Uh, they do eventually put him into a fight, uh, which he wins, and then we kind of get a montage of, of more winning that he's doing. Alex and Jack are kind of getting upset being near each other so much. I totally get that. <laughs> um, you know, when you're around like somebody other than like your wife, you know, that doesn't bother me. But like if it's somebody, if, if, you know, you and I, John, we've got a great rapport. Hell, we talk to each other every week. Thanks to this podcast. Yeah. But like if we actually had to be each other for like be with each other and just each other for months, there would definitely be at some point in time where we'd kind of be at each other's throats. Yeah. I don't think yeah, I don't yeah. think we've been in that situation since I left for college. Yeah, you know, I mean, granted, we did, we did, you know, we shared a room, so we were together pretty often. But there was always, we had, there was always school to go off to and things like that. Yeah, we were exactly. Never quite alone like that. All right, so they want to go into town to just kind of like you know <laughs> take a breather from each other. Um, Beauty Smith puts White Fang into the fight into a fight with this pit bull, and this is a scene I remember very well. For some reason, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's a pretty intense scene. The pit bull ends up winning the fight. You know, yeah. he, it's kind of a, they have this whole, you know, just this big battle. And, you know, setting up White Fang is like this unstoppable wolf beast. But then this pit bull, you just it's a smaller little animal. But their pit bulls are known as being ferocious fighting dogs. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. One of the guys, when they pulled the dog out, it was like, that's a damn bulldog. I'm like, that's not a bulldog. I know. <laughs> I, reckon, I heard that, too. Where's the rest of them? That's a bulldog. It's pretty. Killers, you moron. Look at them jaws. Shut up. Uh, I heard that too, and I was just like, 
Really? Like, you can't. I mean, I, maybe it's it's tied in because it's a pit bull. Maybe they call it a pit bulldog, but mm-hmm. it's not an American bulldog. It's not a French bulldog. Right. No, it's a which is also known as a Staffordshire Terrier. I think is the pit bull. So I don't okay. even. You're right. Yeah, I, I think Staffordshire or Staffordshire Terrier is is what the pit bull is also called. So yeah, it's not a bulldog. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe you know maybe back in the day they didn't have pit bull as a name. Yeah. You know, because he wasn't there singing, uh, Mr. 305 from Miami. Went from Mr. 305 to Mr. Worldwide all around the world. You can't catch me, boy. I'm overseas at about 100 G for show. Don't test me, boy. Because I rap with the best for show. 305 did it death for me. You know, he didn't name the dogs at the time. <laughs> I've To this day, I've still never heard any of his songs. Oh, oh. It's Mr. Worldwide, John. <laughs> uh, not my world. Oh, I'm lame. I know. I'm lame. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, Jack kind of runs and he sees the end of the fight and, and White Fang, you know, he recognizes the dog um, and he goes in and kind of rescues him and he takes him away from beauty uh, and they kind of nurse him back to health. And eventually, you know, in this whole like nursing scene, he gets to pet white fang and and they become you know best friends and you know he starts working with jack and things like that um even little thing you know we see at one point jack gets caved in and he's rescued by uh, alex and white fang um but alex finds a little gold dust on white fang's paw Ooh, and so ooh, they're all excited they find some gold and uh they're very excited about it jack heads out to get it tested and this is a very cheesy scene where he's like going to go off to the town to get it tested. And white Fang busts through this window. And he's like, well, I guess he's going to go with me. (laughs) I was like, not pissed that they, the dog just broke a window in the middle of the winter in the Yukon. Exactly. Um, he gets it tested and it's good. Hey, real 98% real gold. But Beauty uh, had kind of through some of his henchmen found out that Jack is there with uh, the wolf and he ends up following Jack to the cabin. And obviously now he notices that, you know, the guy's got fuck ton of gold. Mm-hmm. So um, so they him and some cronies open fire on Jack and Alex in that cabin. And they even, you know, they set fire to it. And it's a whole big kind of, you know, shootout scene. Uh, but eventually, Alex, Jack, and White Fang are able to fight them off, and they even kind of capture them and, and take them in. Yeah. Jack realizes, you know, that he can't keep White Fang. You know, he's kind of been in talks with Alex that he's going to go to San Francisco with him and Belinda, um, and so he realizes, you know, he needs to set White Fang free. And so here we get a, you know, another another emotional scene where, uh, you know, he has to yell and threaten threaten to hit White Fang and just like say get out of here and that kind of stuff before he runs off. Um, and I'd say this scene in particular is probably the scene I remember most other than probably like the pit bull dog fighting scene. Yeah. Or it's like it's one of those who whatever it is, it's just like him having to yell at White Fang before he would leave is just something that oh, I don't know. I just always kind of remembered it for some reason. Go on. Go. Listen to me. Go. Get out of here. Go. Go on. Pretty quickly, Jack decides that he doesn't want to go and he wants to end end up going back to the claim in the mine and continue mining. And hey, John, hey John guess what? White Fang returns. Yay! Woo! And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we do get a little title card telling people about, you know, 
healthy wolves not attacking animals and you know this is a work of fiction and you know please don't go out and think wolves are evil like PETA leave us alone yeah yeah they're fine I, I definitely got to call out that that reunion really it lost a lot of emotion for me because it was literally like the next scene or two scenes later but it was like maybe three minutes after he kicked White Fang yeah. away that he was reunited with him yeah it was pretty fast turnaround yeah, there there was no space and, and no like social hardship or any kind of hardship that he had to go through without White Fang. He just all of a sudden like, no, nah, I'm gonna stay. And then oh hey, White Fang's back. And then <laughs> hey, I'm happy again. It's like okay, cool. I didn't need that whole fake. I'm gonna go then. Yeah, you could have said the emotional thing could have been leaving Alex. Yeah, or something. And then you're saying no, I'm staying, and that's that. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, I plowed through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. I really kind of moved fast. Uh, I'm going to let you uh, get started before um, I'm going to mention some things. <laughs> right. I was prepared to be bored to tears by this movie. Um, I remembered it, but not enough to you know remember all the little details. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised at how much I how much uh, kind of nostalgia came flooding back when I saw certain scenes. I remembered a lot more about this movie than I thought I did. A lot more of the scenes seemed familiar. Overall, it wasn't as bad of an experience as I thought. It's not a it's not a bad movie. It m- moved pretty good. You know, it's not. Uh, it was never my favorite movie in the world to watch before. But I always just kind of you know, if it was on, I would watch it. But overall, it was it, it's nice. It's a nice film. It's it's decent. There's uh there's some you know nice emotional connections with the the animals and stuff like that. So. It was it was okay. Yeah, um, uh, pretty similar. Not exactly. I probably liked it a little bit less than you did. That's fair. Where you say I wasn't, you weren't totally like you know bored by. I was I wasn't fully bored, <laughs> but I was still pretty bored <laughs> by the movie. You know, I remember I remember liking this as a kid. Yeah. You know, and 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 you're right though. Like the scenes with the mom and the wolf pup are really cute. I like them. They were pretty nostalgic. Um, uh, the pit bull scene was something that I totally remembered the, the him having to say goodbye. I totally remembered a lot of that stuff, but overall it just, yeah, it, it, you're right. It didn't drag. It wasn't the pacing of the film. Yeah. That wasn't the problem. It was paced just fine. It was just other stuff about it that I just felt was kind of slow. Yeah. That's understandable. I was a little upset that white Fang never went back and, and beat the shit out of that pit bull. You know, I, I, I didn't get closure on that one. I wanted him to do like a Rocky montage where he's trained up and then he went and fucking kicked his ass. But instead he's just, he's forever a loser now. Uh, so I, I wanted, I mean, if this was like, if I would do it and I'd make like a Rocky four version of white Fang, maybe in white Fang two, that's it. Maybe he goes back and, uh, I'll have to watch it with Corey or go. something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm see. sure he'd be stoked to go over that in the sequels. Oh yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I had issues with that, but overall it's fine. It's okay. It's, okay. it's really pretty kind of fine <laughs> is, is how I'm going to put it. I didn't love rewatching it. But I didn't hate it. And if I had a kid who was really into animals and particularly dogs or wolves, I would probably watch it and I'd be probably more excited to see their reactions um, over some of those scenes and just like the wolf love mm-hmm. that Jack and White Fang have um, than really probably being more invested in the film. Yeah, I agree. All right. That is our really kind of pretty okay breakdown of White Fang. All right, now we're going to talk Due South. 
what? What is the show? Is people were going to say, I don't remember that shit. Uh, I actually do kind of remember the show, and you obviously do too, because I think you're the one who put this uh, this list together. Yeah. But it, it uh, came out in 1994. It lasted until 99. Four seasons, 67 total episodes. It was kind of on and off CBS at times. Mm-hmm. They kind of like canceled it and then brought it back, then kind of canceled it and brought it back. Uh, it was created by Paul Haggis, who we've talked about before, because he created Walker, Texas Ranger. And I just want to say, before I even looked that up, I was already kind of watching some of it. And I was like, holy shit, this is just Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) But they kind of did the Canada twist as opposed to a Texas South twist. Like 100%. True, except for it takes place in Chicago. Yeah, well, I'm thinking Chicago, but still, sorry, <laughs> but like it still has, it, it's all the same elements. Yeah. You know, I guess other than a Texas guy in Texas, yes, it's a candidate, but like he's kind of like this almost mystical, special, he's got these special powers about him, it seems, very much like like Walker, Texas Ranger does. He can do things that other people can't just because he's this Canadian Mountie. Right. Paul Haggis also wrote the screenplays for Million Dollar Baby, Casino Royale, Quantum of Souls, and Crash, uh, which is, you know, and he also directed Crash as well. Uh, Very talented guy. Wow. Due South uh, stars Paul Gross as our Constable Benton Frazier. I didn't recognize a damn thing that he was in besides this. Bo Starr uh, plays Lieutenant Welsh. He was in Fletch and Halloween 4 and 5. I don't think big roles in either of them. (laughs) Tony Craig plays Jack Huey. Nothing else I recognized. And uh, David Marciano plays Detective Ray Vecchio, who is also in The Shield and Homeland, also playing probably detectives in those. So he's pretty typecast. (laughs) Yeah. So like those main actors aren't anybody huge, but there were quite a bit of side characters that were pretty big names that I want to call out uh, that were in the show. Leslie Nielsen was in four episodes. Wow. Which is ridiculous. I actually ended up watching one of them with him in it. He was very Leslie Nielsen, um, and that ended up hurting the show for me. Um, Stacey Hayduke, uh, who we talked about in Sequest, huh. she she was in uh, some episodes of this one. Ryan Philippi yes. was in uh, an episode of this. I watched that episode. Yeah, he was also in Crash, in the movie Crash, so I don't maybe there were some ties there. Jonathan Banks was an episode. He's Mike from Better uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Uh, Jane Krakowski was in an episode or two. She was from 30 Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mark Ruffalo was in an episode. No, oh. he's, uh, he's our Hulk. Yeah. Lori Holden, um, who is probably best known as Andrea in Walking Dead. You know, what, that blonde character that everyone hated and was ready to die. <laughs> you were like, please, please make her die soon. And she eventually did. And that was good. <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss oh. was uh, was in this. So Trinity from Matrix. Milton Burl was on an episode. Freaking Milton Burl. Wow. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, who is an NBA great from the Detroit Pistons. And uh, Victor Wong, who played Egg Shen in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, all had all of those people uh, were at least on one episode or more. Nice. I did watch the episode with Ryan Philippi. How'd it go? How, how, how he was a pretty he was kind of young on that part. Oh yeah, wasn't yeah. He? I mean, he was playing a a, a kid essentially. I mean, like a mm-hmm. teenager, maybe late teens, maybe early twenties. No, I think he was. I think he was supposed to be like eighteen, nineteen, that sort of thing. I only watched a couple episodes because after a couple episodes, like, okay, I get the gist of the show. Yeah. It's very uh, episodic, you know. Everything gets wrapped up at the end. There's, there wasn't a lot of through line stuff. Um, I remember watching this with our mother, so I think I only ever watched it if she was watching it on TV. But I, the thing that I, I think I remember liking about it was the constable had a wolf. And that's the tie-in to White Fang. 
is he had a wolf with him. And he never seemed to use any weapons. He tried to, he always tried to talk people down, but then if he had to, he would send in the wolf. Yeah, that was, that was definitely kind of his um, secret weapon, if you will. Yeah, he had all these, so yeah, this is Canadian crime drama. It aired on CTV and CBS, and actually, it was the first Canadian-made series to have a prime time slot in a major U.S. network. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. It didn't last in primetime. CBS ended up kind of moving it around, <laughs> but it, it was at least in there at some point, which also didn't help with its um, uh, audience because right. it, they kept changing time slots for it. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it, it, it's set in Chicago. It you know follows the adventures of this, you know, one officer who's in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police who is working with the Chicago Police Department to solve crimes and assisted by his uh, his white wolf. Uh, Diefen, his companion called Diefenbaker or Diefenbacher or whatever, <laughs> uh, who's apparently deaf. He's a deaf wolf, which I always thought, well, not always, watching it, rewatching it now, I thought is bullshit that's a deaf wolf because you're <laughs> fucking talking to it and it hears you. I can tell that it hears you. Wait, the, 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 the wolf was deaf in real life or in the show it was supposed to be deaf? In the show was deaf. Oh. I don't know why they made that a, a, an essential plot point. I don't either. But I didn't, wa- I didn't watch enough episodes for that to- Okay. Did you watch the pilot? I did not watch the pilot. Okay, they do. He mentions it in the pilot where like some kid is like you know wanting to pet the wolf and 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 they say something about oh here he's got great hearing. He's like, well, he's actually deaf. And it's just like what bullshit. I would imagine that that was something that actually didn't last. They may not have kept that continuity because I never got that. Okay. From the I I ended up watching. I basically looked up what were like the highest rated episodes and I watched the top two. The show is it was okay. It's you know it's it's very '90s in in the way that it uh, kind of the way it presents itself and the jokes were bad. Characters were predictable. Like inevitably, there was another pair of cops who were always trying to be the better cops than those two, and mm-hmm. they always were not doing what they were you know trying to seem smarter, but they never doing what they're supposed to. And the chief was always you know busting everyone's hump for something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> pretty standard. <laughs> so. It, they were pretty basic characters, but uh, I liked the idea of it. I thought about maybe this being something we recast, but there wasn't enough characters I thought made it worthwhile to recast this show. They weren't particularly um, dynamic. No. Uh, you know, it, it definitely fit onto a lot of stereotypes, particularly, you know, police stereotypes, Chicago stereotypes, and definitely like, you know, the stereotypes between Canadian and American culture. Yeah. You know, you would see him definitely being that extra polite and calm persona. <laughs> Just because he was Canadian, he knew tracking skills and how to how to be an <laughs> you know an extra good detective at some things. Right. Um. Just because he was Canadian and some shit, but he had those feats, man. It, it was very similar to Walker Texas Ranger, where you know he just could do shit that normal cops right. couldn't for no real reason other than he's Canadian. Yeah. Or you know, it's like okay. Um. Oh, for example, for example, in one episode, he tracks down a suspect by smelling the breath of a rat to determine the brand of barbecue ribs it had been eating. <laughs> yeah, that's some bullshit wow. right there. Wow. I, I watched the pilot, and then I watched one, I think, from season three. I definitely could tell they got a little bit more farcical. They got a little bit... They got more into the fantasy mm-hmm. because the episode that I watched, the one in, in season... Well, season one was pretty straightforward kind of like comedy cop drama yeah. thing. And then later on, they, they had a thing where he was talking to the ghost of his father i watched his father was yeah I, did you watch one like that i watched that i think that same one 
Uh, oh, wait. Oh, was, the, it, was the one on the train with Leslie Nielsen? Oh, no, no, no. So his father must have come back several times in episodes because I watched one with, with where his father came back and talked to him. Yeah, then he must have I think he was a reoccurring character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Leslie Nielsen was like the, the head of all of the mounted police or some shit like that. Um, but yeah, at one point, he, you know, he's talking to his dad. Oh my God, Leslie Nielsen, they gave him like very classic Leslie Nielsen. Like anytime he bent over, they added this like wet fart sound effect. <laughs> it was awful. He <laughs> was like, are you kidding me? Like... You have Leslie Nielsen, and then you just have to go with, like, the fart sound stuff. Like, God damn it, this was just not – it was not funny to me, especially as an adult. Yeah. Um, it just it became more absurd and just kind of, yeah, stupid stuff. Uh, I do want to bring up the uh, the theme song. instrumental very 90s yeah. it's pretty simple but i but i kind of liked it yeah it was it was it was fine it was fine mm-hmm. you know there was nothing spectacular about it and nothing that sort of like made me want to hum it but it wasn't it wasn't annoying in any way and it w- didn't make me want to like skip past sometimes it'll you'll i'll get those shows where i just like i gotta skip the front because the theme song is just horrible it wasn't bad yeah. it just there wasn't much to it yeah, very much exactly. Not much to it. It's not going to make any of our top ten lists anytime. I I don't imagine. It may not at least not for it me. May not make a top fifty list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm 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 fine enough with it. Uh, I will say the two there were two different dogs, uh, or a, maybe probably a couple. But um, one of them aired for on twenty six episodes. His name was Draco. Mm. Uh, he wasn't really in anything else that I recognized. And then the other one was named Lincoln uh, for twenty two episodes. Uh, those were the two dogs that played Diefenbaker yep. in case you were curious <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of all I have about this show I don't really have anything else to say um, other than my my final thoughts do you have anything else to mention before we go into final thoughts John no not really okay I'll start off sure if you remember my Walker Texas Ranger comments <laughs> they're pretty similar to this <laughs> I did not care for this show it was really cheesy it was really lame and I have zero desire to watch more of it I definitely remember it being a thing. I remember it. You know, we've probably, we watched at least one episode of this when we were younger, mm-hmm. but this is nothing, nothing I ever want to see again. Oh, it was bad. Uh, and if you remember my Walker, Texas Ranger <laughs> comments, uh, they will be nothing like them because okay. <laughs> I still think Walker, Texas Ranger is a decent show. Unfortunately, this one misses the mark on it. Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting concept. It's kind of neat. You know, a Mountie comes down to the U.S. to help. He's got a wolf. You know, you kind of get an odd couple buddy cop between him and the detective he's partnered with. I think it's a good idea that just wasn't executed fairly well. Obviously, in the 90s, it was well enough because it lasted through four seasons, five seasons, something like that. Yeah, four seasons. But overall, it's a it's a pretty big swing and a miss for me. Definitely. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... There's a pretty wide gap between a Hollywood cowboy and the real thing. Same with Chili. 
There's a whole herd trying. But Wolf Brand delivers authentic chili taste with its unique blend of chili seasonings and lean beef. It's a Southwest tradition, plain and simple. Neighbor, how long's it been since you've had a big, thick, steaming bowl of Wolf Brand chili? Well, that's too long. All right, and now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we're going to be doing some kind of human-dog duos to kind of go along with our you know, dog theme, wolf theme, what whatsoever. There's not a lot of other wolves in TV, so I just stuck with dogs. <laughs> but I tried to pick some, you know, and we're obviously we're not casting the dogs. We're just casting the humans. But I tried to pick some people who we probably wouldn't be casting otherwise. So uh, I went with Shaggy, uh, who was paired with Scooby, Timmy from Lassie, Turner from Turner and Hooch, um, Doc Brown and Einstein, uh, Charlie Brown with Snoopy, uh, The Mask with Milo, Dooley from the movie Canine, and George Newton from the movie Beethoven. Mm-hmm. So some, I mean, some fairly iconic dogs. I, I kind of had to look up. I had like a like four or five that I wrote down off the top of my head, and I was like, oh, God, what other famous, you know, <laughs> dogs were there? And, you know, a few came in. I'm okay with my list. I think this was sort of one of those things where I came up with a good idea and then maybe didn't execute it so well when I picked the people, which is fine. You're the due south of this podcast, yeah. John? Um, no, I like to think of myself as the uh, Walker, Texas Ranger of the mm, of this podcast. Oh, yeah. you, have the, you have the heart of a ranger. That's right. In the heart of a ranger. In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspecting stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right. Cause the eyes of the ranger are upon you. Any wrong you do, he's gonna God, that song is still haunts me. Oh, that's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I don't think it really matters which <laughs> no. way we'll go. So we'll just start at the top. Um, and there, there obviously has been some uh, a live action Scooby Doo, which mm-hmm. Matthew Lillard. Uh, Matthew Lillard, which I was not a fan. I don't even think I saw the movie. Like I thought I, the whole idea of a live action Scooby-Doo movie just seemed appalling to me. Apparently all the people who grew up watching that movie when they were kids are now older because uh, Matthew Lillard like was a thing for a while. That stupid shaggy meme that was everywhere. Oh, I mean like he became, I mean, he is everybody's shaggy. When I think of shaggy, I, I think of the cartoon, Yeah. but there, there's definitely a generation that doesn't think of the cartoon first and they think of Matthew Lillard and that's okay. They're wrong. Yeah. You know. Uh, I mean, he's not bad, but, no. you know, he's fine. It's not Frank Welker. No. <laughs> it's definitely not Frank definitely Welker. Definitely not Frank Welker. So, uh, we're going to do Just Cast uh, Shaggy from this. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I actually did a little bit of gender bending with this one. Okay. Um, just to kind of mix it up. So, I actually went with a girl. I wanted somebody who was kind of tall and, and lanky, but could be funny. And so, I went with an actress who... I've seen her necess- not necessarily do this type role, but she's done a lot of comedic things. She's really funny, so I imagine this is something she could do. I actually went with uh, Ricky Lindholm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, she's tall. She's skinny. She's goofy. Yeah, awkward, or can play awkward, I should say. I don't say that she is awkward, but can play awkward. Yeah, definitely can. Uh, no, I think that's an interesting call. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I don't know if this role needs to be gender bent but you know we can like that doesn't bother me i will i i'll be honest with you i did not gender bend it out of 
me going, I'm going to gender bend it. I gender bent it because I'm like, I'm trying to find a, an actor who meets this. Mm-hmm. And then I see her and I'm like, you know what? She's more like Shaggy than everyone else I've seen. Fuck it. I'm just going to cast her. Um, I mean, yeah, which I respect for a decision. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's, she's solid. Yeah. She's solid. She's goofy. I don't, I don't dislike that call. So. Okay. I'll take it. I think there's going to be a lot of that. Okay. A lot of, okay. Yeah. okay. We're not like, I'm not super passionate about, you know, people like Timmy, I can fucking tell <laughs> I you. I know. And Dooley. I know. <laughs> the, the kid ones, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I, my Shaggy, I think, uh, actually is one of the first people that did come to my mind and I think is a great call for it. He's, I don't know. No, he's probably around the same age as Ricky Lindholm, honestly. Um, if I if I had to guess. He, he's He's got everything, honestly. He can be really good drama actor when you see him in things like American Horror Story. Um, but you see him, I think he can be very goofy and funny when you're playing his character of like Wick, uh, Quicksilver in the X-Men um, series. Uh, I went with Evan Peters as my Shaggy. I think he's got the look. Oh. And he's a he's a funny dude. And so I think he'd be great. Yeah, that is a good call. That is a okay. good call. Yes. Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, all right. So now we go to Timmy. Your favorite one to cast. Timmy. Blah, Timmy. Blah, Timmy. Yeah. Very classic TV show. I watched Timmy a lot when I was a kid. Uh, you know, I watched it on Nick at Night, you know, Nickelodeon after like 9 p.m. or something like that. Yeah, I remember you watching Lassie way more than I yeah. watched it. I but, was yeah. really big into the old black and white TV shows when I was a kid. I watched a lot of them. Um, I've hesitated to put them on our thing because I get the I would get the sneaking suspicion that, one, they probably don't hold up, and two, <laughs> I'm going to be the only one who really remembers them because I'm pretty sure I was the only one who watched them. I mean, redoing those shows, they're going to be so fucking cookie cutter. Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's, there's no depth, depth, I think, or very little with a lot of those kind of shows. But, I mean, they still it might be worth bringing up every now and then. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, Timmy, I needed a kid. So, I looked for a kid. And I settled on uh, an actor who's been in some pretty good stuff. He was in uh, The Americans. And most recently, he was in Marriage Story, which got a lot of... Uh, Oscar buzz, and I went with a kid named Ozzy Robertson. He's a little kid. It's about as much as you can ask for. He's a little kid. He's been in some good stuff, so you know he can act. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's about as- he's totally little. Yep. He's totally little, and he's a kid. I could totally see him looking like a Timmy. <laughs> okay. Yep. There it is. There it is. <laughs> um, I went with a kid, but mine is a Tammy. I went. I, I gender bent this okay. role because you know what? Girls can. Uh, they need a good dog friend. I thought about doing that with this one too, but I ended up settling on that one. So I totally, yeah, totally see how you could come to that conclusion as well. My girl is one of the bigger kind of probably kid actors right now. I think not that I know all that much about the kid actors, <laughs> uh, but I've seen she's done comedy, she's done horror, she's done drama, she's done absolutely everything. But I really think she would really thrive. If she had to fall down a well. Uh, so I went with uh, McKenna Grace is my Tammy. Uh, she's been in uh, Troop Zero recently. She was in um, Gifted. Uh, she's been in, um, I don't know. I just feel like I've seen her in a whole bunch of stuff. Or not seen her, but like, oh, The House of Haunted Hill, of Hill Haunting. Uh, the, the Haunting of Hill House. Oh, okay. Sorry, that movie, that Netflix series. Um, she was in Ready Player One, but she was just like a, a side kid on that one. Okay, Her... Her fifty episodes of Young and the Restless. Oh. So damn that little kid. She's she is really getting at it when it comes to edit to 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 her movies and stuff. Oh, she was in I Tanya. She played the young. Oh, she was also in Captain Marvel. She played young Captain Marvel. Uh, young yeah. Carol. Okay, so yeah, she's she's all over the Shoot, place. She's got a ton of uh, 
<laughs> yeah, fif- over 50 credits, yeah. and she's only like 12 or some shit. Yeah, uh, so 2006, so she would be like 14. 14, okay. But still, like, God, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. On, on paper, I think your choice is better than mine. <laughs> Yay, I can read a resume. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go to Turner from Turner and Hooch. Uh, a lot of people are very fond of Hooch that. is crazy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, think I was thinking that too. A lot of people think fondly of that movie. That was never a movie I was actually a huge fan of. Oh, I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of you. Okay. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's a cute movie. I like Turner and Hooch. I couldn't tell you when the last time I actually saw the movie was. Me either. Uh, maybe I'm going to look at our uh, list right now, see how, how soon I can bump it up. <laughs> so uh, very famously, uh, Turner was played by Tom Hanks. So I wanted an actor who could play kind of that Tom Hanks type. So I went with his son, Colin Hanks. <laughs> oh god that's that uh colin hanks i mean yeah he's a good actor interesting i feel that's a bit of a cop-out <laughs> yeah but i i mean i like colin hanks as an actor yeah uh, he's he's turned out some good stuff i mean he was in um which is funny his older brother uh and tom hanks's son was the one who played turner from scrubs in turner and who oh, was it really yeah it was it was it was they just got tom hanks that's why the guy looked so much like tom hanks because it was his it was <laughs> his, his oldest son. son yeah yeah god the, all those guys sound and look alike tom hanks's brother does all of i forget what his brother's name is but his brother who does look a he looks a lot like tom hanks in the face mm-hmm. um but his his head structure is slightly different i think he's bald and stuff like that but he does all the voices that tom hanks doesn't want to do so like if they need like a voice for like a toy story doll it's his brother not him <laughs> so like hey he's getting the whole family work yeah no that's great like, that's that's what he i heard him in an interview say like you know, just all year long, anything they need, like a like a Woody, you know, uh, for a doll or a video game or something like that, they just call his brother. Huh. So his brother does all that stuff for him because it sounds just like him. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> Adam cutting in as he's editing this episode. I just want to clear something up. I was actually mistaken about the actor who played Dr. Turner in Scrubs. It was not the son of Tom Hanks. It was actually Jim Hanks his brother, so the same person that John was just talking about, do who does all the voice acting. But I, I've seen, I didn't watch the entire, you know, I didn't watch the series a lot of licensed pieces, but I've seen a lot of, uh, ep- I've seen a few episodes, and he's really funny in it. So, I mean, I think he's come into his own as an actor separate from his father, yeah. but I think it would also be a nice uh, homage. And but he's about the right age right now, too. He's actually probably a little older, but it works out. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, close enough. Yeah. Close enough. Okay. All right. What you got? Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, I think I got a, and I tried to match the uh, kind of personality. Kind of when I think of Tom Hanks, I think of he's funny, he's got a cute personality, and he's very non threatening. <laughs> you know, that's this, I don't know, that's just yeah. kind of Tom Hanks yeah. to me. Um, so I went with an actor who I feel very much encapsulates that, um, but is a little bit younger uh, for today. Uh, I went with John Boyega as my turner. Oh, I like he's that. He's totally got all those, those things. I like that call too. I like that call too. I can totally see him in a buddy cop movie with a dog. Exactly. You see, I mean, I think of Finn and I think of, oh, he's cute. He's kind of fun. And he's definitely, he just feels non-threatening. Yeah. I I mean, I know, I know, you know, he's a stormtrooper, but stormtroopers can't aim for shit. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Doc Brown. This is the one I was actually a little bit nervous to cast. Mm -hmm. I actually don't anticipate you liking my choice at all. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I think you're going to think it's a dumb choice, but. I had a, first of all, it's almost impossible to think of anyone who is like Christopher Lloyd in order to replace yeah. Christopher Lloyd. So I just kind of 
I looked around. I'm like, who's played kind of a weird, eccentric person? And I came across this guy who I think has played similar characters, but never in movies like this. Um, He's always in much more sort of highbrow movies, but I've seen him play kind of like kooky people from time to time. And I think he, I think he just plays a good kooky person and (laughs) get ready to hate me. I went with George Clooney. Oh. And what really did it? F- You're right. I fu- I fucking hate what, that. that I don't I re- like that at what all. What really did it for me though was thinking of Oh Brother Where Art Thou. For some reason, that for I <laughs> I I saw him and in that I'm like, I could see him taking aspects of that and translating it into Doc Brown. I don't know. The only thing the only thing is is I just can't see him with like straight white hair. Like he would he would have to just have his own. Yeah. Well, he'd have to have his, his own his look. own look. Yeah. It would be slightly different. I don't. That's about the only movie I've seen that I think of him as kooky, and everything else he's like the same thing ever. Did you see the one where he played the art person? No. Okay. He was kind of. He was a little strange in that one too. I don't love it. Okay. I just don't love okay. it. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I don't. I. I mean, I don't want to say I hate it, <laughs> but you know what? I do hate it. I fuck it. I don't care for that one. Okay. I, I just don't love it. I think. I think my call is is gonna be better. Okay, fine. I've used him before, actually. I think my guy, um, but not not often. This one was pretty tough, and I threw out some kind of names, like, like a, do I want someone kind of ridiculous like a Jim Carrey? And then I immediately pulled that back, like, no, I don't want Jim <laughs> right. Carrey. He just, no. Um, but I settled on a guy who is a chameleon, I think, with his acting. I think with a lot of stuff with George Kil- with George Clooney, you just see Clooney. Clooney. And, I, and it'd be really tough for me to see Doc Brown. Now, granted, this guy, he played one character for such a long time, it may be as hard to, to see someone else. But you, you put him in makeup, you've seen him, or if not, you've seen him in some amazing things, and he's done some really cool, funny, kind of quirky stuff. I went with Robert Downey Jr. as my new Doc Brown. Yeah, I don't love that. You, I don't love that one either. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm but not think, saying that just to, to be uh, combative. I just uh-huh. don't. I mean, I saw... Uh, I saw... Doolittle? I saw Doolittle, so I can see the connection, but... I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't entirely like thrown into the world of Doolittle by watching him either. So I, uh, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Okay. Also, I think he's. I think he's too young. Maybe not. No, Maybe not. he's like fifty. Maybe he's not. fifty something. All right. So no goes with Doc Brown. That was that was gonna be a hard one to do anyway because Christopher Lloyd did it so iconically. It's almost impossible. To yeah. Do. Yeah. I I agree. I absolutely agree. You know what? It just we're not gonna we're not gonna cast it properly. Yeah. Uh, okay, on to Charlie Brown. Uh, the kind of the idea of a live action Charlie Brown is just kind of ridiculous, but it's what we do on this podcast, so we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna try anyway. It's only gonna have like two hairs on his head <laughs> or whatever. Like that's a, I'm gonna you're gonna be Charlie Brown, but you're gonna have to shave your head except for two little fucking hairs. So Charlie Brown is awkward. Uh, he's a little lonely, and so I actually went with a kid who's played a character very much like this. Um, both of my kids loved the movie. It came out on Disney+. Plus. I think it came out not that long ago, a couple of months ago. Um, and it was a, actually kind of a cute movie, and I thought he did a pretty good job in it. I actually went with an actor named Winslow Hegley, who was in the movie Timmy Failure. Yeah, I could totally kind of see him as a Charlie Brown type. Uh, he he huh. did a pretty interesting job in that in the movie To Me Failure, um, who who plays a, a kid who's like has this his you know he has a detective agency and a polar bear that follows him around who's imaginary, uh-huh. <laughs> but it's actually kind of a, a you know it's it's a Disney movie so it's kind of sad at at times but with a with with a happy ending it was cute it was cute but I he that character reminded me enough of Charlie Brown I'm like you know what I could use him in this okay I'm not gonna say I hate it because. I, I don't. I know nothing yeah, about this kid, and and I've 
established my <laughs> not give a shit mentality about <laughs> casting kids. Yeah. Casting kids. It's just really tough. It's so tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I went with um, a kid that I found by searching for kid <laughs> actors. He's been in. He's been in Daddy's home, Daddy's house, or Daddy's home, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, and then the house with a clock on its wall. My Charlie Brown is Owen Vaccaro. You'll probably look at him and be like, "Yeah, that's also a kid." That is a kid who acts. He's a cute-looking kid. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he's done a lot of uh, done a lot of the did the, the Daddy's Homes movies, House on the Clock on the Walls. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff. Well, okay, not a lot of stuff, but it, not a lot. I mean, well, he's fourteen credits yeah. is pretty good. He was on a few episodes of Arrested Development. I'm sure he'd work fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He would. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, at least these last three aren't kids, and we can probably have a little bit more of uh, back and forth. I had a really hard time with the mask, which is the next one we have. Okay. Uh, because obviously, you know, it's Jim Carrey. There's no one really like Jim Carrey. But I I think I really like who I picked. And you know what? I think you're going to like who I picked too. I'm not going to I'm not going to be so conceited as to say you're going to like my pick better than your pick, yeah. but mostly not possible. <laughs> God, you're an asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 fair enough. But I know for a fact that you like this actor. And I think he would work well in the mask uh, if they had to remake it. I went with Bill Hader. Oh, he totally would. Oh, I like that call. You're right, John. I like that call. All right, at least I got one. <laughs> I like it so much. I also went with yeah, Bill Hader. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's the he's the the I think a great call. You know, I mean, he's not as quirky. Yeah. As uh as Jim Carrey, but Stanley Ipkiss. I kind of got flashes of um, the show Barry. I'm a big fan of the show Barry. Mm-hmm. And Stanley Ipsis is kind of like a loser, which Bill, which Barry's n- not really. He kind of is, but then he's also a fucking assassin and he's really badass. Um, so I think Bill Hader, you know, he does great impressions. So he could do the impression kind of thing that, that the mask does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could also be a very human kind of vulnerable kind of dork uh, like that Stanley Ipkiss is. So, yeah, that's a fantastic call, John. <laughs> All right. It's actually, I think it's been a long time since we've had a, a similar casting on anything. I think so, too. Yeah, it has been weeks upon weeks. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next one is Dooley from the movie K-9. Dooley sweating up a holler. Dooley, Dooley trying to make a dollar. Dooley, give me a swaller and I'll pay you back someday. Great song by the Dillards. Yes, it is. Uh, I'll, I'm going to be uh, honest with you. I've never actually seen this movie. Um, <laughs> no, me neither. Originally, <laughs> I had no idea. Who that, I know nothing about the personality. I was just like, yeah. Oh. So I mean, originally, it's a you know, it's a it's a buddy cop movie. It had James Belushi in it um, with him and mm-hmm. a, and a dog. So honestly, anyone should work who's kind of like comedic. <laughs> um, yes. So this one, I went with someone who I find funny. He's a, he's a stand up. Um, I see him on the Daily Show a lot. Um, I haven't seen him too much in movies. But this would be a fun one to see him stretch his his legs. It would probably end up being a little bit more of a comedy than maybe the original was. The original was probably more of a you know dramedy um, in that sort of uh, 90s style, 80s style, 80 because 89. Mm. I don't know if you'll even know who he is. I don't know how much you watch The Daily Show. No, I mean I know Trevor Noah. Noah, if that's who you're going. No, with. it's it's not Trevor Noah. It's one of the uh, one of the other guys in there. Oh, okay. Uh, I went with a guy named uh, Roy Wood Jr. Never heard of him. Okay. Um, he's been on the Daily Show. I have not seen Sullivan and Show Sullivan and Son. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the guy, but I'll trust you. Okay. Uh, he's funny. It would be an interesting uh take on it, but I didn't have too much to go on because I don't really remember the movie. I just picked someone who I'd like to see do something like that. And there you go. That's probably more respectable okay. than I went with. <laughs> okay. 
I went with, uh, you know, I know nothing about canine, never saw it. Um, I, I watched the trailer and basically just to kind of get myself into, okay, who is this guy? Um, and it, it is basically like an officer got a crazy partner, uh, you know, and he's now with a dog. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the whole trailer is really shitty. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, okay, who's maybe done some like cop comedy movies? Um, and I think who might be a more fun leading man than, uh, than Jim Belushi. Mm-hmm. So I went with the, a guy who I used to hate mainly because I was just jealous <laughs> and because he looks so fucking good and all the women love him and they, they don't love me, uh, but they, they loved him. And he is just, uh, he's gotten really into comedy and it's quite funny. I went with Channing Tatum as my new dually. I could t- see, see him with a dog I and totally it would be a kind that. of a funny movie. Yeah, I could totally see yeah. that. I could totally see him in a, yeah. in a buddy cop movie with a dog. I mean, we yeah, so, exactly. with, a, with dog. a dog, but he's funny. He's funny enough to kind of lead it and, and take it. So that's, that's what I thought. That's exactly what my thought okay. was. Okay. Yeah. He would definitely be a, he would be a draw for sure. Mm-hmm. That would help. Uh, all right. And we will end with George Newton, who is the father from the movie Beethoven. Um, which is a movie that a lot of people loved. I actually hate. Oh, really? I hated that movie, Beethoven. <laughs> Aw. I found it really annoying. What about the uh, nine sequels that they have? <laughs> Can't say I've seen any of them. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of different people who could go uh, in this role. I ended up going someone who kind of uh, reminded me a little bit in looks for, uh, with uh, Charles Grodin, who was the one who played the original. But uh, I know this guy can be... He can be serious. He can be funny. He's played all kinds of stuff. He's a he's a great actor. Uh, I went with Ben Mendelsohn. Oh wow, that is that's a very yeah, very dramatic actor. I feel, but I mean, he is good. He can do anything. I have, I mean, he's probably done comedy before too, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I thought he was quite funny in uh, Captain Marvel. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he he played one of the. Uh, he was the head scroll. Yeah, the scroll. Yeah, thank you. I did not care for Captain Marvel, honestly. I think the it's, movie was it's growing on me. I've watched it a few times okay. since. It's growing on me. It's definitely it's definitely not their you know their best effort. I some of the characters are growing on me more than the story itself. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I like that call. Ben Mendelsohn can do whatever the hell he wants to do. <laughs> so if he wants to be a comedic father of three and that adopts a big old Saint <laughs> Bernard, go for it. You can do what yeah. you want. I went with uh, a big, big name, uh, you know, one of the biggest names, definitely at least of the 90s. Um, but I want to be very specific with how I would direct him. I went with uh, an actor who we, we've seen a hundred times. And I, I think he's he's definitely old enough where he's kind of in like the father roles now. And I, this would probably be beneath him, but I don't give a shit because I think he would be perfect, especially if my direction to him would be channel your Uncle Phil. I went with Will Smith as my new George Newton. I think if he yeah. if he acted, if I had to be like channel James Avery, man. Yeah. You know you know him, you love him, he's awesome, but you're you're the guy now. Be my Uncle Phil for Beethoven. I think he'd be perfect. Nah, yeah, that's a that's a great call. I mean, Will Smith, he's older now, he's playing a lot more, you know, father fatherly type roles. Yeah. He's funny. I want to see him do some of those goofy stuff yeah. again. I think he'd be great. Yeah. I do I do miss him in yeah. stuff like that. Wild West 2. Come on, bring it back. Dude. Hey, you know what? It could happen. It could. It totally in totally, the day and in, in what we got today, it totally could happen. And you know what? I'd go see it. Yeah. I'd go see oh, absolutely. it. Absolutely. I you know what? I didn't hate <laughs> Wild Wild West as much as as the next person. No. I found the world I found the world to be interesting, you know. Yeah, the critics destroyed it, but like it is if you it's one that you just sit back and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy a stupid yeah. time. And that's what yeah. it was. It was enjoyable. I mean, um oh god, who was the Kevin um Uh yeah, Kevin Branagh. No, or, not Kenneth Branagh. Kevin Klein. Oh Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein and that uh, who, who am I thinking? What's the not Kevin Branagh? Is Keith Branagh? Kenneth. 
Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth. What he plays a bad guy in something. I'm sure he does. Like that. It was Kevin Klein. Kevin. Oh, Kevin Klein's his friend. Kevin. Kevin Branagh was the villain in Wild Wild West. Oh, okay. That's who I was thinking okay. of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of Kevin Klein who plays the other the other good guy. Okay. I love Kevin Klein. We we need to get some more Kevin Klein movies on our list. I mean, there's lots of really good ones. Yeah. Uh, Fish Called Wanda is good. Fish, yeah. Uh, that's Dave. The first one that comes Dave to is mind. a great one. Oh man, I don't think I've ever saw Dave. Dave was funny. You know, it's it's not it's not one of those comedies that like everyone remembers from being like as as a gut buster, but everyone remembers like, oh yeah, that was a good you know, it was a good time. It was a it was a okay. fun, simple comedy. Oh, that was the the, the president, president swap one. Yeah. one. Okay. Where he swaps with the okay. President. I, I I know of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was our casting of some human dog duos. Please join us next time for a top 10 episode. Adam and John are joined by fellow BFOP Network host Zach Schaefer of Podcasting After Dark, and the three of us go over our top 10 favorite nostalgic toys. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com, and if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.